Welcome to On Twos. This is a podcast where we break down ours, yours, frankly everybody's favorite animated movies. Now this week is an exception because we're talking about The Good Dinosaur. Here in Season 2 we're breaking down Pixar movies and we just so happen to fall upon The Good Dinosaur. So... Folks, here we go. Uh, Nate, how's it going? It's going good. I feel like this has been, ever since we started doing this um, run through the Pixar movies, even going back to you know the 90s stuff, we were always talking about the foreboding colossus that is the good dinosaur. Yeah, you know. Because I've never seen it. You saw it. You have very strong feelings towards it. I got to say, you know... It's been a real long time since, like, this came out when I was a senior in high school. So, I mean, I'm I'm years past that now. So, it's kind of funny because, you know, your memory, you don't really... That's the thing is, it's like, I don't even remember this movie that well because I watched it then. And even mm-hmm. then, I was like, hell no. So, that's kind of the funny thing because we even talk about Finding Dory. And there's shit I'm forgetting about Finding Dory because I've only seen that the one time, too. Mm-hmm. But I remember, like, beats of it, you know? Yeah. So, it's interesting because with The Good Dinosaur, I, I specifically then said, hell no. And really, up to this point, even talking about it the last few years... um, I had that in the back of my head. It's like, I don't even remember the fucking movie that well. But guess what? I I know exactly how I felt watching it, and I said, hell no. So I was trusting myself in terms of, you know, I really uh, flew the flag of this movie's ass, dude. Well, let me, let me throw an observation I have towards you. Okay. We, and I'm sure that there's bigger fans out there, but I feel like we are pretty big when it comes on the Pixar fan totem pole. Sure. We're pretty uh, yeah, high up I w- there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say that, uh, like a like a B list fan. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It's like know? we don't we haven't seen it hundreds of times. Like there's a few that I haven't seen, but it's yeah. like I really die by Pixar, and I think they're one of the best studios. Sure, I live mean, there, action I mean, or I'm otherwise. Thinking like like of course there's going to be fans that are like completely obsessed with these movies, yeah. you know, in front to back, and those people probably listen to this and are like. Jesus, come on, guys. You forgot that? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not quite there, but that's why it's on twos, baby. You yeah. Know, where, yeah. Yeah, where, we just have an appreciation for it, and we like talking about animated movies. But one thing that I will point out is, for me, after watching it, and, you know, maybe it was a positive uh, thing, honestly, that there was this disdain put upon the good dinosaur, not only from you, but mm-hmm. from a lot of people, like, it's Pixar's worst. Even like Elise Cars 2 does something crazy, which I, I agree with. I still think at the end of the day, I wouldn't like, I do think that this movie is bad, but not in a way like I've seen some bad movies, man. This, no. And well, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I would give it, would I give it a rotten on Rotten Tomatoes? Yes. But I'd give it like, I don't know. Two, two and a half stars. I just think that there's nothing remarkable about this movie, which is tough because it is Pixar. I think it's very by the numbers, very messy, but I know that kids could watch it and be like, ah, yay, dinosaur. Like, it's like, that's the type of shit that is in this movie where it's like, we just want more from Pixar. And it feels like, and you bring up a good point with the other animation studios, but I just think that because of the high caliber that is set upon Pixar... That's what makes it like this movie is ass. This is terrible, which uh, there's a lot of bad stuff about this movie. But I think that it's just unremarkable in every way. 
except for the visuals, of course, but it's just unremarkable. And that's what stings so bad is that it's like, damn, so they can do this type of movie too. That's the thing. I mean, it's not that, you know, as a standalone, you know, this movie's fine. You know, if it had a different, you know, company attached to it, you know, I think it would be a completely different thing. But since Pixar's attached to it, you get all, uh, I mean, think about the run that they were on, you know, just uh, to start, literally to start, they were cooking. And it wasn't until, you know, it was real late that we really started to um, get some, I, I mean, I guess... I guess flops is the right word. So I mean, uh, technically, this is their first box office flop. That's true. The good that's true. Which is crazy. It, that's just crazy to think about that it took them that long for them to lose money on a movie. Yeah. So in terms of it being like a bad movie, like if you were to just watch this for what it is, no, I mean, it's not a bad movie by any means. Like there's so many movies that are far worse than this. It's just because this is a Pixar movie and we have so many expectations going into it. Uh that this really fell flat in a really interesting way too, because like you said, uh, it's, it's so, it's just fine. There's nothing to, to take away other than the visuals. Um, and from Pixar, that's honestly shocking. Cause mm-hmm. even with something like, uh, like you just said, like cars Two, at least they're taking a big old swing and trying to do something. And, you know, I even think not, I, I think brave's good. Like brave's totally mm-hmm. like a good movie. Yeah. Um, but we even had notes on that, how it was similar to like a classic Disney movie. And The Good Dinosaur was seriously, and I'm not even like just trying to shit on it by any means. It might be like one of the most unoriginal fucking movies I feel like I've ever seen. Well, it's also interesting, too, because you what hurts me the most about this movie is that you see you see the shades. You see the potential. Well, it's like we'll get we'll get into it where it's like this movie went through production hell and I would love to see more but you know disney's very secretive about that stuff so it's like who knows that if we'll ever see what happened behind the scenes there but it's like the visuals are incredible the landscapes are great absolutely stunning and you still get a sense of the very beginning of the movie i do think i'm like oh like you're almost tricked where you're like this is an interesting concept so the dinosaurs were first forced to evolve and so you see them become farmers and it's like they had um, interesting reasoning where it's like, of course, the uh, herbivores would become farmers so they can grow their own food. And then it's like uh, the T-Rexes become like ranchers. So mm-hmm. they have like and they run like how a cowboy It looks like they're riding a horse. It's like there is interesting stuff here. But the only thing I could think of while watching the whole movie is w- even within the first 20 minutes, you the movie gives you four different directions it can take. Doesn't go any of those directions, then picks one that just pops up randomly within they five say, minutes they say you know what movie did really well for disney uh the lion king so why don't we just do that <laughs> or like bambi it's like and then it's like okay so we did the lion thing king dad's out of here uh boy oh you know what other movie did really well for pixar let's do finding nemo let's get this motherfucker flushed away mm-hmm. he's gone out mm-hmm. there and he's got to get back home yeah unreal dude i'm sitting there like are you serious and of course it's like you gotta find yourself or whatever and i will say that there is one i like really good scene in this movie and it just just thinking about how much more that would have hit if the rest of the movie was good and it's when um they're like sitting him and the caveman boy and then they do like the drawings in the sand it's like i really like what they're going for there but it just didn't land for me in the context of everything else because it's like if you had the traditional 
Pixar build up to this moment, I'd be like, but it's like, I literally do not care about both of these characters. It's like, you already are in an interesting state with the, with the caveman kid where it's like, sure. Like I, I get what you're going for, but it's like, even when it comes to Pixar characters that don't talk, it's like, I care way more, like 10 million times more about Wally than I do that caveman kid. What happened there? I literally, I don't even remember if he even has a name or if he named him anything or one memorable thing that he did that made me be like, oh, he's lovable. I just don't remember it. And I think that's just one of those things Dude, where it's just like every, literally every like. It just feels like they had to get this out. And I, I, I even get, said like, that like well, right dude, after we were done. It even just fucking, it just ends, dude. It's like you're waiting and waiting for something Here's the to thing happen. Is I, re- I, respect, I respect the hard cut ending. But do you know a Pixar movie recently did that called Soul? And it did, oh, a, lot man, better, did, it. It did it a lot better than this movie. Because it's like, I respect what they were going for. It's just like... I think even more so, I don't think the end, like where it ends is a problem. It's that the fact that we should have felt something in the end. Where it, it's it, like, it doesn't land. It's a, power, it's a, it's it's a supposed powerful to be. moment. Totally. In, totally is. If you go big yep. picture mode and say, oh, and then he gets home mm-hmm. and he finally puts his yep. you know foot yep. on the thing and marks his place and then it ends. It's like that would be a strong moment, but it's like. Too bad I didn't care about anything that happened in this movie. It's totally. like, I, I couldn't believe, like, I almost felt, I, d- I don't remember if I said it or not, but as soon as he's like, come, f- go, go f- let's go for a walk. I'm like, the dad's dying. I can, like, it's one of those things where I was like, I cannot believe that they're just going to do this randomly. And that's what I mean, where it's like, they set up four different plot lines. You could have, like, a whole dinosaur family plot where he's the outcast. You could do, like, him trying to get stronger or basically, oh, he's the brains. Maybe he can figure out a better way that the farm will work. And then randomly they're just like, no, the dad's going to take him out and the dad's going to die. And then he's just going to be pissed. And then he's going to get lost with this caveman kid that he blames his dad's dad. It's like, what? All this came out of like nothing. And then what does he learn by the end? Like with his family, he didn't change anything in the family dynamic. He literally just got back home. They're literally like, oh, I'm happy you're alive. Yeah. And then he says, yeah, I am. Stick over. It's like, what? Oh my! I literally was so. And it's I, like even when they split mm. off, it's like if it was any other Pixar movie that would have hit different. Um, yeah, it's just super interesting. But like we said, and it's almost like the artists on it knew because this movie was delayed three times. They dropped a co-director. They completely recast the movie. Besides Francis McDermott, they went through a lot of production struggles. So I think this was the first time that Pixar released two movies in a single year. Um, it's like, for me, it just reeks of shades of whatever we're going for isn't working. We just got to get something out there, just make it, you know, something that will be digestible. And it's, what's crazy is that it has a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. And so that they were right. It's like, just give them something that's digestible where that's over. And they're like, yeah. And then that's what they did. And they lost $80 million. But guess what? I think for them, they're like, Good thing that's done. So then all the artists that are working on the movie, it's like, should we just try to advance our technology to try to see if we can get these environments looking cool? They're like, yeah, sure. Like the thing that I was going to tell you about is this is the first Pixar movie Mm -hmm. with volumetric clouds, which means those are rendered as well. And before Mm -hmm. they're always painted. 
so it's not actual like CG mm -hmm. in a way. So like this was them really messing with simulations, like with the water simulations and everything, which is you can tell that because the cartoon dinosaur and even the kid looks so separate from like the landscapes. Mm -hmm. You can tell this is like an in-between where they're like, okay, well, now we're going to start working with a lot more realistic sim on the landscape. And then for the characters, we're not quite sure what to do yet. And I feel like Soul is the perfect combination of both where like it looks realistic, but the Pixar characters mesh well with it. Mm -hmm. And then you still get the cartoonish stuff with the, um, you know, the afterlife or the before life, whatever it is. And so I forgot what they call it. You know what I'm thinking about that's just absolutely devastating? What? I just think about... <laughs> uh, oh, man. There's a... Uh, I think right now, you know, a big talk that we're having is like, um, you know, people, filmmakers are like, oh, see my movie on the big screen. You know, that's kind of like a big thing that the creative people behind these projects are, are preaching. And then you got other people who love watching stuff at home. And I genuinely think, what's the best case scenario to watch The Good Dinosaur? And it's like, oh, you know what The Good Dinosaur is perfect for? Like, when you're selling TVs at Best Buy, and it's up there, and it's on fucking mute. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, look at this movie. Because it's, it's, so, it's so stunning, it's laughable. Because you're sitting there looking at it, and you're like, I can't. Believe I that this is can't CG. believe what I'm looking at right now. And it's funny, too, because everything looks so real, and then you have this green-ass dinosaur that you're like, man, maybe they should have just went real with I don't even know. It's like, I don't even know how I feel. This almost looks so good, I don't even know if I like what yeah. the decisions they made. Yeah. Well, it's like even... With the dinosaur you don't even need to play. The, yeah. You don't even need to play the movie. Just play the end credits, because they know what they're doing, <sighs> and it's just landscape shots. It's like... Unbelievable. Oh, honestly, totally right. Oh, <laughs> man, are those credits great. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, is that, man, it just hurts because there is so much, like, classic small details that are, like, I love, like, just the concept. And I'll use that term a lot for this movie. Like, I like the concept of, like, them being farmers and how they use their heads to get the, like, all Absolutely. that stuff. Like, it's Absolutely. Even in these movies, it's crazy that, Pixar just, they are built different, man. They always nail that small stuff where it's like, it seems like such a, a no-brainer, but it's like as they're doing it, you just don't even question it because it works so well mm -hmm. in the context of everything. And then when you go back and think about it, it's like, that would have never been a thought in someone's brain to say, oh, how would a dinosaur, if he was a farmer, how would they uh, plant their crops and do stuff? But it's like they sat down, thought about it, and they knock it out. So it's like, there's certain things that uh, crop up even in, like, even Cars 2 had some crazy stuff when it came to the action and things like that. It's like... Hell yeah. Totally. Pixar, Pixar's on a different level, which I, like, we brought back at the beginning. Like, it's that's why this one kind of stings a little bit more. But to me, I'm glad that I can check it off that list. Will I ever watch this movie again? Probably not. The only thing that I'd really do is, since, honestly, uh, I know there's a lot of hate Disney culture right now, um, but Disney Plus whatever they have on the back end for the streaming is incredible. All of the Pixar movies that we have watched so far in 4K kidding, look great. Mm -mm. Like, it's kind of crazy. So it's like, maybe when I'm testing a new TV, I'm like, I'm just going to throw on a collection of these Pixar movies. And it's like, yeah, sure, I'll throw that on to see some of the landscape stuff. But Totally. I mean, when Nick, <laughs> when Nick and I, uh, we found ourselves in the possession of an OLED and nothing else to do, we threw on Soul. 
We literally watched clips of like a whole bunch of different like Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? The end of Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, we watched Soul because it's literally the best. Well, you know what? No spoilers in terms of Soul because I'm excited to talk about that one when we get there. But even just the intro to that when he falls through yeah, the dude, yeah, dude. Oh in OLED. Are you kidding me? And that's the thing that we got to be worried about is uh, these, like everyone's saying, let's go to the big screen. Oh, um, it's so it's literally yeah it's over but once here's OLED the thing takes over. here's the thing is that there is but it's only in the major cities like chicago la they have this thing called dolby vision mm-hmm. guess what it is basically however big a screen is at a theater oled so the blacks are perfect so like people were saying like i listened to of course to date this podcast a little bit the batman just came out so i was listening to people talk about it and then one guy was pissed because he couldn't get tickets to see the Dolby Vision version. He's like, that would have been the way to see this movie. Are you s- wait a second. Does that mean that w- is that where we're going for the rewatch of the Batman? I don't know. We'd have to see what's what are the those closest tickets Dolby run, Vision theater. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's the only a- way. Well, that's not an A-list thing, though, right? Hell no. Well, Damn. I don't know unless it's AMC. Hey, guys, if you, I'm starting to go fund me if you guys want to get me a Batman. ticket to go see uh, the Batman at a Dolby Vision Theater. That'd be pretty cool, guys. Uh, anyway. No, I'll start one for an OLED. Are you kidding me? Oh, that, yeah. that will change the game when I get an OLED in my house. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm starting small. You know, we're kind of, we got a couple more of these to go. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, and we're recently, and I know that, We'll get back on topic of the good dinosaur as well, but it's like we're also in an interesting thing in terms of that discussion where Turning Red is coming out soon, and that's another one that has just been straight to Disney+. Plus. So then it's like... You're really excited about Turning Red, man. Well, I'm not even saying... Like, I'm talking from, like, a Disney perspective. Like, Pixar's pissed about them putting it on Disney Plus without I, I even a it. premiere I fee. Total, I totally get it. Because like, it's like the La- Raya and the Last Dragon was on Disney Plus too, but guess what? That was charged. So wait, they're, not, they're not putting a fee? No. Is it's it just out like right sold. now? No, it comes out this weekend. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. And it's free? You, if you have Disney Plus, so. That's fucked, dude. Yeah, they're sad. And, oh, shit. Well, what's crazy is that there was a lot of speculation because the reviews dropped today. Because yeah, Pixar Clang or Yeah, Pixar was Clang or Alert. Pixar was really wanting this to be the one that was back in theaters because they knew that it was fire. So they were like, please let this be the one that's back in theaters so that we can get people back and excited for Pixar movies. But honestly, if it's Lightyear is the first one that's in theaters again, it's like I feel like that's you know, that'll be an IMAX, the sound will be great, all that stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess for me it's like at least put like a charge on it. It's even really if it weird because the what? I mean I feel like some of the ones I saw, they're like 20 bucks, 20, like, even if it was, I mean, this is fucked too, but it's like 10 bucks. Yeah. Something. Jesus. Well, here's the thing. This movie just dropped. There's two ways to look at it. And I kind of agree with both where it's like, yeah, it sucks if you think that this is going to be, well, I don't know. I don't think there's anything in the contract that they would get box office revenue. I don't think that's a thing um, like it was for the whole Scar Joe debacle, but it's like they... You know, that you want this to be seen in the best uh, place possible. But then you look at where the landscape is and you see that it is, you know, there are the we're in the middle of the streaming wars where it's like everyone and their mother has a freaking streaming service now. And, you know, Disney, one of the biggest media companies on the planet, probably the biggest media company on the planet, has their streaming platform and they want stuff to push it. So they believe that Pixar's quality is like, hey, if we can offer this on our streaming service, no one is offering Pixar quality films 
to subscribers. Just like here, you subscribe, have a Pixar movie. Like, are you kidding me? That's kind of crazy. But films are rooted in the theater experience. So I can understand as a filmmaker wanting your movie to be seen. But then also it's like you look at the Trolls movie and stuff. It's like people are watching these movies. Like families are watching these that's kids' the, movies Well, see, that's the different thing. so is, many more people watch it. It's just a different beast, man. You know, we when we talk about movies, you know, we're almost looking at it from the perspective of like, I almost feel like high school on because that's really when you start going to the movies a lot with your friends. And we think about it, how when we we decide to go and see a movie, it's a completely different thing as a kid. Think how, oh my gosh, dude, as a parent, you're praying that one of these new movies comes out. So you have something new to watch. So you don't have to watch uh, fucking Frozen, this, Frozen for the 80th time. Exactly. It's like you're you're like, of course, I'll pay whatever. Just get me something, you know, so I, a new movie to be on repeat, which it's, it's like. It's going to cook. It's like it would. I don't know. Uh, I mean, yes. Yeah, like like well, it made sense that Soul did successful was, because it, it went straight Christmas. to streaming and it was Christmas Day. During a pandemic. Yeah. Like that's literally peak. If if you were going to drop one digitally like that, that was it. But like but now. It's like, man, imagine seeing Soul on the big screen. That's what I'm saying. It's like that was fucked, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. So what are you going to do? If anything, I'm still not over that Soul didn't get a Best Picture nom. We talked about it last episode. I might just reference it every single episode up until we get there because I can't believe it. That movie's absolutely incredible. The year we had a pandemic where we didn't, literally, they said we're not, we're, we're, we're not, all these movies get pushed back. So you literally get think the catalog of they open up the eligibility for best picture nomination i can't believe i literally they literally said oh yeah we technically we could have more but yeah we're not going to but we could if we wanted to just we we want to throw that out the disdain for animated movies will kill me oh yeah it's either that or cheese those are the two things that could kill nate talon yeah i'm telling you what man put it on my my tombstone man if i'm 60 and the best Pixar movie of all time comes out, and it's not nominated for Best Picture, I'll watch the nominations. If it's not, I could have a heart attack over age, so it could actually be the death of me. Problem is, by the time you're 60, I don't know if Brad Bird's going to still be cooking. And it's like, well... Well, I have a I have a bad hunch that Brad Bird may not direct a movie for Pixar ever again. Well, whether he does or doesn't, he you could argue he already does have the best one. Uh, come on the pod, please. Uh, <laughs> please, Brad Bird. Please. Uh, and that answer is The Incredibles, of course, the peak cinema. Odds we go through all the Pixar movies and then just redo Incredibles again. <laughs> well, we got Incredibles 2 coming up, and I know you're not on, as hot on I, it as well, I am. But. No, if anything, I, I dig Incredibles 2. It's just not Incredibles 1. That's not I like... Mean, that's how what I'm how many things are Incredibles? That's what one. I'm saying. It's like, I fuck with Incredibles 2, but it's not Incredibles 1. Like, I like Spider Man 1, but that doesn't mean that Spider Man yeah, is yeah, not yeah, Spider Man yeah, yeah, 2. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, what's funny is that, and I love that this has got away from Good Dinosaur, but you know I'm, what's I'm really okay fu- with well, that. You know what's funny? You know what other one we did this for? Cars, Cars 2. And <laughs> it was like 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> the unsurprised uh, shouts out to Nick Talon, the other half of the Talon Brothers podcast, um, uh, in terms of the brothers factor. If you listen to this, uh, you might be able to hear uh, one Nick Talon on a little podcast called Stir in the Pot. When's the Talon Brothers podcast reunion happening on Stirring the Pot? No spoilers, dude. No spoilers. Nick really loves Incredibles too. Really? Like, that's like a rare, like, he gave it five stars. Five? <laughs> yeah. 
He really Did he loves give the first one. Five? Yeah, he he really loves the Incredibles too, and I respect that because it's a fun one. Here's the I'm thing. so I'm so curious about it that I might let him have the mic for five minutes for that episode yeah. just to see what the what it is, and then okay. The thing is, that's crazy, and I love that this is where we're at. But Brad Bird just directs action so well in animated like, movies easily that. Any movie. There's, he did MI4. What are you talking that, but about? But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like he has mastered. And that's why I think that that translation to live action works so well is because he just understands how to. Like, some of the sequences in Incredibles 2 are, like, just, like as good or better than the best superhero movies in terms totally. of action and Absolutely. stuff like that. Absolutely. The whole motorcycle th- <laughs> It's an Incredibles <laughs> 2 pod. The yeah, whole motorcycle thing is we're great. Not. But that's what we are entering the second. I feel like we're getting another run here. We get Finding Dory. I like Finding Dory a lot. What is after that? I know Coco's near that. Mm. You know what? It might be. It might. I think you might be right on the. Because well, Coco's twenty eighteen, and this Finding Dory is twenty sixteen. Because yeah, Good Dinosaur is twenty fifteen. Yep, end of November. So then, was there? Yeah, I think you might be right. Did they end up skipping a year? They might have. When was Cars 3? Ooh. That's a tough break, man. If I got to watch another one of these freaking movies. What do you mean? I mean, that's for sure. Oh, wait a second. I'm looking right at it. Cars 3 is 2017. I got to watch Cars. But here's the thing. You you know, everyone has. Oh, man. Honestly, Cars 3 is interesting. It's like the opposite of Cars 2 for me. I saw it at a drive-in because Cars Two is a big ass swing and a miss, whereas Cars Three is it's like a retreat to familiar I've ground. I've seen this fucking movie a million times. Now it's old Lady McQueen and he doesn't quite have it, and there's cars that are faster now. But I mean, if I have to watch Cars Three to get Coco, Incredibles Two, Toy Story Four, Onward, Soul, Luca, oh, I'll be okay what? with I still that. I haven't seen Luca. That's me, funny. me neither. Hmm. I know we debated watching it before the oscars because it is nominated for best animated i would do that i mean shit we've already we literally talk about soul every single podcast and the goal was to finish with that one Mm -hmm. so you know at this point if anything the goal now is to finish with lightyear which i feel is very apt no we finish uh as soon as brad bird comes on the pot i meant season two we'll end with lightyear okay and then of course any uh future Pixar movies we'll just do the we'll get in there the pod the episode on that for we'll plan it around yeah it. even if there's just you know, like a specific uh season we can skirt. yep we'll plan it like kind of we did that too with season one where we planned around like frozen two dropping and stuff like that we would plan around the release dates I'd love to re-listen to those a little bit well it's just a different thing you know maybe not I don't want to re-listen to that movie. That's probably how you motherfuckers felt listening to it. You're like, damn, they're really going through do the you, whole movie? Do you remember us uh, singing in the Frozen one? Why we got to bring that up? I was reminded. and it You was, were? Yeah, I totally forgot. You did? Yeah. I literally haven't forgotten. If I anything, to- those nights where I'm up still, like in the middle of the night, it's because I have a nightmare thinking about that. I was thinking that. I can't that believe you been talked the, me into that. That should have been the record company reaching out to us. Yeah. Like, that. I, I don't have nightmares. I have dreams that someone, the right person, will listen to that and reach out. I'll send that in t- as my Starlight audition next there you year. Go. There you go. Well, because I, there was a listener that uh, listened to that episode, and I was informed, like, oh, they loved your singing. I said, oh, yeah, we did do that. Did I? <laughs> 
Wait, who? A new like we'll talk. We don't want to name names, you know. Beside the number one fan, a, uh, Tyler well, Walker and Max Burke tied for number one fan. Wait, so it's neither of them. It's neither of them, and it's not someone specifically close to you. Like I mean, thinking of one person specifically. No. Oh shit. Okay. Well, that's fucking cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't even. I don't have to know on the pod, but like that's exciting because normally is it when though we're because they heard us sing. Well, when they're referring to when we're referring to people, listeners, you know, there's a handful of people who we talk to mm-hmm. on the daily about it. So it's like, yeah, I would expect one of those people. But like, man, to go through that one, it's like that's an older one. Mm-hmm. That means they're really locking in. Mm-hmm. Man, now I'm kind of like, Ugh, but is it? I think I, I I don't know. I'm I'm ready to lock back in with these. Uh, podcast and i feel like we have some big things on the horizon we'll see if they come to fruition but we got some fun plans um including on two's renewed i think up to season 50 we got the order yeah i thought it said 50 when i looked at the contract so we're beating always sunny (laughs) (laughs) Mm. so we end with brad bird's recording we're serious about this, guys. If he Dude, ever comes on, anything. we're ending it. If you guys know anyone who knows anyone, let's get this going. I'm talking five minutes. See, the scary thing is... What would is you ask if it's five minutes? You get one question. I, I get one question. I get to ask this man. I mean, it's if it's he's only there for five minutes. I mean, I've been watching these Matt Reeves interviews, and he goes on for... So it's like you get one question, that's three and a half minutes. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, fun fact. Brad Bird did go on the Big Picture podcast and was interviewed. We can't by be promoting other people's podcasts. Brad Bird has never made a podcast appearance, and his first one will be on Toots. Okay, okay. I mean, I I respect it. I'm just telling you that I already kind of have a little. You know uh, what questions he's answered. Well, I just heard him on a podcast before, but it makes me nervous because that one was even short. That was like a short. That was maybe 20 minutes. Yeah, I just don't think that's his thing. But I think that's funny that. We'll just keep saying that we'll end, and then we'll never end because you'll never come on the show. <laughs> hey, what's that? What's that motherfucking thing where you could uh, pay people to do happy birthday? We're messages? not doing a cameo. A for, cameo? Yeah, we're not. I'm sitting here. I'm like, maybe I could scheme and get this man to do an on Tuesday cameo. He's, he does. He's not on cameo. I respect. You don't him. know. Well, I respect that he's he's very particular. Like, does he even do interviews for? Like when The Incredibles comes out? Does this guy ever do an interview? That's what he was doing it for is when Incredibles 2 came out. He came on the big picture, did maybe tight 30, and that was it. Interesting. Great interview. I would love to talk to Pete Doctor as well. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? But, you know, that's not that. I mean, yeah, I'd love to talk to Pete Doctor, but Brad, that's day one. No, but I I think that if we... What was the first episode we did on this podcast? uh, The Goat. But here's the thing. Who was that made by? The Goat. Here's the thing. I think that in the future, we should just, Brad Bird is, of course, the goal. But if we can ever, you know, talk to anyone in the animation. Are you kidding? That'd be great. Absolutely. That'd be great. Absolutely. We'll do little specials. I still want to do a run of special episodes. Sure. Where we will just uh, bring people on, like a third person, and then they pick their favorite animated movie, and then we talk to them about their favorite animated movie. Interesting. Um, but it wouldn't be... Because we haven't done that yet, so that's... Yeah. You know, it would we've be, never brought a guest on It wouldn't the be the main show. The main show is always just going to be us. Um, but we'll do... I'm, I want to do some specials. That'll um, be fun. But I'm excited to, uh, you know, 
I can't hide it. The fact that it's like Pixar is definitely my favorite when it comes to these um, animated movies. But I am I am looking forward to when we can bounce back into the more unconventional picks and also maybe some movie revisit some old classics and stuff like that. Well, you've been man, you've been real busy in terms of watching animated stuff because I mean, you and Max have been watching all kinds of cool stuff. And honestly, what uh, and I kind of like I kind of like. At first, I was I felt bad that because uh, I'm doing like this kind of, I guess, animated movie club with a friend of ours, and I, at first I was like, "Damn, is this kind of taken away from the Antus thing?" But then I thought about it. I was like, I kind of like just being able to meet up with a friend and just guarantee it's like lock in. We're watching an animated movie. And we just talk about it after, no mics are on or anything. But also, I watch it. I say, I can think about the movie in the context of like should we do a on two's episode on this? And there's a couple that I'd for sure love to do ones, but then there's other ones like red line and stuff like that, where it's like, I don't know if we necessarily need to do one. That's not on the top of the list for an on two's episode, but there's a couple that I'm You're like, you're telling me red line's not on the top of the list. That movie's incredible. I would much rather do one mainly just for your reaction to something like mind game or God damn. night is short walk. I feel like you would like night is short walk on girl. I mean, I'm open to watch whatever. But. And and I've been going back and watching some of the Disney classics with Ellie, yeah, my yeah. girlfriend. She's been watch. She's she started way back, like towards the very beginning. We're talking even before, like um, like Snow White and stuff like that. Like the shorts and some of the stuff. She's been working her way through that entire catalog. I hopped on with Fantasia, and then we've been watching since that. Um. It's kind of crazy, man. And we had an interesting conversation, and I kind of feel the same way about Pixar in a way, where back in the day, especially like those early Disney animation days with, um, like they were just so good that it's almost like, like I said, especially back then when it's like film was very specific, especially animated movies, because it takes a lot of time to make these things. It's like, I would guarantee that for better or worse, since we did get some awesome Disney classics, they might have stunted the growth of animation in a way because so many people didn't want to get into it because the market, it's like, well, we're not Disney, so why release an animated movie because the only competition is Disney, and Mm. Disney's doing it so much better than what we could do. So I feel like that kind of forced a lot of people from shying away from it, but you watch those movies, man, and you're like, yeah. They were built different. It's like Cinderella does nothing for me in terms of story, but it's like the animation is insane in that movie. And I'm looking, it's like this is the 1940s. Mm-hmm. That's 80 years ago. And it looks like it could. I mean, what, Jesus, Snow White, that's 30s, yeah. right? Well, it's like, the, it's like yeah, either late 30s. Thir- it's got to be early I think it's, 40s. Yeah, I think, or you think, I think, I think it might be 30s. I think. I mean, I can look that up. But, but it's like anyway. even, we just watched Fantasia recently as well. It's like, man. It's kind of like next level stuff when you're watching this and you think about how long ago it was um, released. It's like animation has 37. 1937. That's crazy. Where it's like, look at how far it's come. But then it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, man, they still, I feel like some of those still look better than some of the movies released now. Um, And I really wish, and it's so tough because I don't know if we'll ever get it again. But I know we we champion Pixar for good reason uh, in the CG realm. But it's like, man, I would love to see Disney do another hand animated movie. Like, hand, well, every movie's hand animated. But you know what I mean, hand drawn. Even if it, it doesn't need to be, you know, 
we have modern technology. You can draw it in a computer, but like just that, there's something to hand drawn animation that's different. Do you think, uh, you know how, uh, so with some of these classic Disney movies, uh, obviously they're being remade like live action or to look like, you know, li- real life. Do you see a world in which some of these classic hand drawn movies get redone in like, you know, CG, like 3D animation? Like, do you think that would be, is that where we're leaning towards? Or do you think that's such a, fi- like, do you think that's so expensive that they would, you don't think that they would do that sort of thing? <laughs> I mean, it can't be more expensive than the Lion King movie. So it's like, that's one of those things where it's like, that's pretty much what the Lion King movie is for better or worse. It's for worse, by the way. Um, I don't know. I don't know if like, I don't like, I can honestly, and what's sad is I can see that where it's like, Hey guys, we're doing Cinderella, except it's basically Walt Disney animation studios. Now animation where it's, and I mean, Encanto, I honestly was floored by Encanto. I really liked that movie, and it's Man, like I haven't seen that the movie. animation is beautiful. The music numbers are awesome, and it basically was like I'm just excited for to see a Disney movie do something that's a little out there, so I can see this animation flourish like we do with Pixar, where it's like they have so many different. They're just so skilled that they can basically tackle whatever genre they want, and it will look great. Where it's like I feel like Disney has those. Whenever a Disney animated movie comes out, it's like, what are we going for? It's either a princess story or it's some, you know, generic family romp adventure thing. Um, and it's like, you get those two, but the next movie that they have coming out is, has to do with like alternate dimensions or different planets or something like that. So it's like, I can see them flexing it, but I'd love to see a hand-drawn movie again. And I don't know if we're, that's why it's like, it's interesting because now to see those, it's funny where it's like they were the champions and they started it, but it's like to see those movies, you have to go to like, really it's foreign films, international films, or these smaller studios that are doing hand-drawn animation. It's like, you're not seeing it from the big people anymore. Um, And I think we are seeing this new age of animation with uh, shouts out to into the spider verse where it's CG, but with hand-drawn elements on top, which I mean, you look at the style of that. We already did an episode on, on that, but it's like you look at the style and it's like there's something special about it. And the same thing with Mitchell's versus the Machines and even uh, what is it called? The Bad Guys movie or Bad bad Guy. I think it's just Bad Guys where it's like about the, the villains and the traditional fairy tale movie and they're like bank robbers. It's like they're incorporating a little bit into that as well. So it's like we're seeing this new age, but that's what I like about animation so much is that you can do whatever. And I love that Nick said something to me recently that it's like, now you understand why I like animation so much where he was just trying to, I forgot what we were talking about, AOT or something. But basically I'm like, I just said, I'm like, I'm glad you're watching more, you know, anime and animated movies. Like, yeah, there's just something about, it's like really the only thing that's limiting you is like your imagination. You can do whatever you want. I said, yeah, it's, that's why it's so great. And I love there's like this thing that's circling around with Steven Spielberg talking about animation where he's like, I believe that all directors should think like an animator first and then, you know, think about directing live action because it's like, it's the purest form in my, it's like, I love the fact that you can create, um, you know, this beautiful imagery with just stuff that's around you. I think that's great as well. And I will always love live action movies, but it's like, there's something where it's like, that's just the pure creative vision on the screen you can put the camera wherever it's like sure you still got to follow some rules but even then you don't really have to 
Mm-hmm. And I love the movies that don't follow the rules and they do some crazy stuff. But it's like, really, it's like if you can think of it, you can do it in animation. It's just it's going to take some time and it's going to take some skill. But that's why it's always so fascinating to me. And I love even though I love CG movies and I love Pixar, um, it's like I will always have a soft spot where it's like, man, they kind of just went out of the box and did just hand drawn and thinking like it's always funny to think of stuff that you just watch animated and then you break it down. And then if you like put it into Premiere or you do the YouTube thing and you go frame by frame and then you're like, they had to draw every single one of these frames to make it look that cool on screen. They had to like draw. And it's like sometimes they don't even like the, you get the traditional squash and stretch, that sort of thing. You got to think outside the box to get an image to look a certain way. Um, And you see, and I love that there's, and I think it's just a resurgence with our generation that fell in love with it through hand drawn is you see some of those elements being used now in CG and like turning red, for example, it's like, it's not, we praise the good dinosaur for its realistic settings and things like that. Like how the landscapes look so good. What I appreciate is that Pixar with turning red, it shows it that it's like, look, light year, you'll get the realistic looking stuff. This is going to be more stylized. Even the direction is very like, she's talking to the camera. You're getting snap zooms. You're getting all sorts of that. So it's like, I feel like we're finally entering like a, maybe a more experimental time in uh, LECG animation. And I hope we still had that route. And I did see something funny where it's like someone was like, maybe John Lasseter leaving was a good thing. Cause it's like, honestly, the last couple that we got were pretty unique and completely different style. I mean, even look this year, I mean, light year and turning red, like how polar opposite could you get from that? Crazy. And then even that it's soul and Luca. It's like those two movies don't even look like they're done by the same people. But, Mm -hmm. and I see this discourse on, uh, Twitter about, Oh, Pixar's regressed with the bean mouth and stuff like that. And like, people hate this Cal arts. And I say that in quotes, art style that, uh, permeates through cartoon network and stuff like that. But it's like, these people know what they're doing, man. This is still Pixar. How can you, like, I don't understand how you can even think that and be like, oh, they're, they're digressing. It's like, I've seen pretty much their whole run and all I see is them going up. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, it's like, sure, they will squander in terms of, you know, maybe the story doesn't hit the same or the movie doesn't hit the same, but it's like, in terms of the look, in terms of the tech used, it's like, I've never seen a Pixar movie where I'm like, hmm didn't look as good it's like no these people know what they're doing they have the tech down it's just even i mean here's the thing is it's like all the complaints that we have with a movie like the good dinosaur are story based it has nothing to do with the voice acting has nothing to do with any of the number of people who worked on the movie in terms of the animation it's like if anything that's what we're praising here is those people putting in that time to make this average movie look as good as it does like to bring this to life as well as they did unbelievable like to to say to even come at it in a negative i don't even know how it's like ever since i saw monster that's the first one that i was really like oh shit oh, yeah i was right there like, with you like because wally was a big one where you're like wow this is incredible not that it's more you know it, it just slowly is it's like a snowball well, it was always it was always because I agree with you where Monsters U, and I think we talked about it on that episode as well, where Monsters U really locked in the visual where we're like, oh, crap, they're on a different level. Well, see, that's an interesting thing, too, because think about just the art style of Monsters U. It's like there's not even – there's yeah, there's a few humans, but it's like in general it's it's not really like real life. You know, all these monsters are different colors, different, you know, mm-hmm. shape. Like it's like real silly in a way. 
And it, it literally is awesome. one of the best look. Like, I'm yeah. sitting there looking at it, and I'm like, wait, what? The college campus looks so beautiful. Well, before that, you get the blue umbrella. And I was oh. like, oh, shit. And then they start Monsters You, and I'm sitting there, and I'm in the theater like, what am I looking at right Well, it now? was always, it was always, even in Toy Story, like, when that came out, you know, that was revolutionary. But before, I, because it's funny that it was, we had the same moment with it, because even before Monsters You, it was like, the common consensus was like, man. Pixar's movies look crazy good, you know? That mm-hmm. was just like, yeah, they look really good. But then it's like, I watched Monsters U, and I was like, oh, I knew Pixar movies look good, but what the hell? I what know. happened? I, that totally and I think it was honestly way. the first one that I saw back in theaters mm-hmm. after, like, having the break where it's like, oh, I don't want to watch kid movies, so it's like I didn't go to see them in theaters. It's like I saw that on the big screen. I said, how come no one else is as blown away by this as me? Do you understand what they're doing right now? This probably took years to render. <laughs> That's all I could think about is this CG stuff. It's like, man, they. I want to see what their render farm looks like because it's got to be a hundred more than that. Computers interlinked and interlinked, interlinked. and uh, interlinked, just constantly rendering. F- not even like it's it's not rendering a video like we do on Premiere. They're rendering individual frames interlinked until they can put them all together and make the movie i don't know pixar's just on a different level man and i'm excited to see where the future takes them i want to see since we do have a brad bird movie coming uh not with pixar with the new um and kind of a bad look i'll be honest uh but i can also respect because um you know in order to get a mo- uh, animation an animated movie itself you know green lit and produce you know you gotta land it and you gotta get lucky sometimes um but it's what is what's the anim it's the new animation studio that just started but john lassiter is the head of it and is getting it up and running um mm. and depending on how you view that situation it's just like yeah brad bird's going to make one of the flagship movies for that studio um but what's interesting though as that it is a new player in the game. So it's going to be like, that's what's intriguing is it's like, what the hell is his movie going to even look like? Mm-hmm. Cause we have an idea now after spider verse, it's like, we have an idea what Sony pictures animation does, which is cool that they, they went from emoji movie to into the spider verse. It's like, and Mitchell's in the machines. It's like, they got a style now. Let's see what they do. That's kind of cool. And it's like DreamWorks. You kind of got, You know, slightly B-tier Pixar stuff. But what I like about DreamWorks is they bring on Deacons. They bring on, f- like, filmmakers, like, live-action filmmakers to come in and... Boy, those How to Train Your Dragon movies That's what I'm awesome. saying. Like, they look... They look inc- and Shrek? That's, that's, like... Shrek 2? Here's the thing. DreamWorks makes some bang- Kung Fu Panda trilogy. It's like, they, they have some great, like, series specifically. It's just that their overall look definitely... Oh yeah, I mean if we're direct competition well, with shit, Pixar. I don't know though, man. How to Train Your Dragon? Some of that stuff is crazy. Well, I mean, How to Train Your Dragon two. I mean, three looks great as well, but How to Train Your Dragon two is that's one of the best looking anime. That's what I mean. I've seen yeah, but mainly just because, and I'm not talking like texture and stuff like that. What excels in the How to Train Your Dragon movies is the lighting, and I think we all know the reason why that excels. Deeks. But um, that's always, uh, yeah. It's Deeks just come on the pod right before Brad Bird comes on. <laughs> Could you imagine if he does another animated movie? It's oh, like, dude. Oh, man. But it's like, I want to see what, now that Brad Bird, we'll see if he ever comes back to Pixar. It's like, 
man, after watching Inside Out and after us talking about Soul, it's like, what does Pete Doctor have for us next? Dude, what is he him? cooking? Oh, we're in good hands. What is he cooking? Mm-hmm. I mean, this man, this man. But we also have Up, right? That's also Pete Doctor. Sure, but he also gave us the, the best, the best 10 15 minutes, minutes yeah, intro. Say, the best 10 minutes I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so uh, I can't. Yeah. It's like, sure, the rest of the movie falls flat, but it's like, man, that was a cinematic achievement right there. What can I say? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, that's, that was nominated for best pick. Mm. They love Pete Doctor. Why wasn't Soul nominated? They love Pete Doctor. I don't know. I uh, literally, I I don't have an answer. I seriously have no idea why that movie didn't get recognized like it did. Um, we'll get to it though. We'll get to it. Um, Soul Soul hit. I'm I'm excited to see Coke like go through Coco again. Totally. Like that's gonna be a fun one. Um, yeah, man. We'll see. the The future's bright. Um, I'm excited to see. Uh, what comes next? And we got two movies releasing this year. Like you said, couldn't be more different. Totally. So uh, I'm really, I know that I may be in the minority, but I'm really excited for Lightyear. And I we talked about this on the past couple episodes, but I have a feeling that this could be a clanger. I don't, well, you know, honestly, just from my point of view, I don't even, if you were to ask, if some third party were to ask me, I don't even know what I think you're more excited for because I always hear you talk about turning red and I know you're really excited for Lightyear. It's like, ah. Here's the thing. I'm probably more excited for Lightyear just because and I'm excited to watch Turning Red mainly. I'm kind of just excited whenever Pixar releases a new movie, to be honest with you. I kind of the same way about both of those movies, honestly. But it's like I know that Turning Red, I'm not necessarily the target audience for. I'm still going to get a lot out of it and I'm sure I will. Re- it will resonate me in a certain capacity, but it's like, Lightly year I grew up with Buzz Lightyear. It's like, oh crap, they're doing a, a sci-fi adventure. That will be fun. We haven't seen that from them besides Wally, but this is going to be more action oriented than just um and there's just one there, there literally is one sequence in the trailer for Lightyear that I'm like, yeah, this movie's going to clank. And it's like it just proves that they know how to make movies, man, where it's like you see like we just saw the Batman and it's like even watching the trailer and you get that shot when he's standing at the bottom of the stairs and he pulls out the grapple gun, it pulls focus to it and he shoots, you're like, damn, that guy knows how to make a movie. Sometimes you just get those and it's like he buzz light years in the ship and he goes into hyperspace and you see the stuff going, but it, they're not doing the star Wars. They're doing like the multicolor, like kind of like end game. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, he looks away cause it's so bright, but then he slowly starts to look because it's so beautiful. And I'm like, yep, they know how to make a movie. dude. This movie's about to rip <laughs> balls of that. It just, I don't know how I feel about Buzz with hair. Yeah, That's well, my main drawback on that movie is Buzz has. Well, isn't he wearing like a, like just like a purple. I mean, it may, it, like it makes sense that he does have well, hair. Well, I was about to say, it's like, oh, well, who's to say he doesn't just have hair anyway. But no, he's like wearing it's that just thing that you're anyway. so used to his, because he has like basically what all astronauts wear, where you have like the sleeve that yeah, goes yeah, over. It's like the pur- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he just, it's just one of those things where it's like, I never expected in my life. And it's the same thing with the dinosaur thing where it's like, how would a dinosaur farm? It's like, I never thought in my life, like, what's Buzz's hair look like? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm that thought has never entered my brain. Well, you know, I don't know. You say something that's kind of interesting and it makes me take a step back just because you bring it up turning red. You know, you say you're not the target audience, but, you know, I feel like if there's anything we've learned from Pixar movies, it's that the target audience is, yeah, there might be one focus, but... They're for everyone. And maybe that's why 
I mean, look, look at Inside Out. It could be the exact same thing where it's like, yeah, that's a that's a middle school girl who's dealing with this sort of thing. But everybody has related to that feeling or those emotions in your head. So mm-hmm. I feel like with Turning Red, it'll be something somewhat similar. Yeah. And, that's, and honestly, to bring it home, I think that's why The Good Dinosaur really doesn't click is because this is the first one for me that really feels like the target audience is real young. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like this really does a whole lot of anything for anyone old. This is seriously, this is the exact thing for it's like super young kids will love this movie Mm -hmm. if young kids love dinosaurs they'll love this movie so it's like i guess job well done you know if that's your target audience i guess you nailed it yeah but but that's the thing too is that they always tackle uh themes that um everyone can resonate with and it's like the good dinosaur i guess is being an outcast in the family like, I think that's the thing. I don't know what, like, that's the thing. It's I like, guess, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess, but like you, you kind of get away from that by isolating the character. Well, that's what I'm saying is it's like, that's why it's so messy is you don't have a defined. And then you, and then he finds companionship with an outsider. It's like, okay. Two outcasts finding each other. Oh, families. Impo- okay. What is the, th- yeah, that's why it's messy is because they have, they couldn't decide on what they wanted to actually lock in where that is so vastly different from every other Pixar movie where it's like even the ones that aren't as you know hard hitting it's like you know that everything is in service of the theme of the story that they're telling all the characters play into it everything it's like that's the the good dinosaur just feels like it doesn't hit that but what I because I'm like I said I'm sure I'm going to connect stuff with stuff in turning red um, but similar to um, for example we saw uh, a trailer for the new a movie from the director of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And it's like, man, that movie's going to hit me. Um, but I know for a fact that mothers and daughters, if they saw that movie together, it's going to hit vastly different than what it hits for me. Totally. And that's what I feel with Turning Red because it's like, you know, a teenage girl dealing with puberty and dealing with all that. It's like, I went through my own puberty. So it's like, we have that whole situation, but there's still going to be themes in terms of self-acceptance and stuff like that, that I'm going to latch onto to turning red. But I'm just excited, especially that it's getting good reviews because that director, I truly believe is going to be one of the faces of Pixar because even though it was a short, it's like bow was so good, man. That Great. All I could think of after I saw that, I was like, cause I know how Pixar works. It's like, well, I'm excited to see when she directs a feature-length movie, and then they announce it. I'm like, well, I'm excited to see what she does, and then by the sounds of it, it's great. So it's like, all right, you're up in the big leagues, for lack of a better phrase. It's like, you're up there now. You're a Pixar director. Let's see what you got. Where it's like, who directed The Good Dinosaur? It's like, I don't well, know, man. Well, see, that's the thing. is, I mean, I don't even think we got into that, but it's like this went through hell getting this movie made i mean like a full a full reset in terms of cast and everything i mean you, I, you might know uh more of the deets than i do but i just that tagline has never left me since i heard it. i said wait they're recasting everybody except francis mcdormand what yeah it's well they had so peter Sohn, i think is how you pronounce it he d- ended up directing the movie but he was originally just directing it with a co-director eventually the co-director dropped out um they and then they what i find fascinating is that they when they would do interviews they were just like the story isn't coming together so we're gonna have to delay the movie and they delayed it like twice or three times 
Um, and it turns out that it looks like Peter Sohn actually voices like a lot of Pixar characters. So he voices uh, Emil in Ratatouille, like his brother. Oh, and really? He, vo- he voices Squishy in Monsters U. Yeah. So it's like he 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 seems like he's more like a goat. Like maybe he's on, um, you know, some of the just the teams, and they're just like, hey, we need you have a good voice. Come in and record for this these four lines or whatever for the character. So it's like, and he directed the partly cloudy short. And then he directed Good Dinosaur, and that's all he directed. So I wonder if it was one of those things where it's like he was helping on this movie, and the other guy was the main director. And it's like he, the main director, leaves. And it's like, hey, I know this was kind of like your, because that's what Pixar likes to do a lot too, is have a co-director that's like learned some of the ropes, it seems. And it's like, hey, you just got to bring this home. You got to just finish production on this movie. He's like, all right i'll finish production (laughs) like i feel like that's how this movie ended up and i know we talked about it a little bit where it's like they just wanted to get it out what's so bizarre to me is that they recast like it's like would would anything have changed in my brain if john lithgow voiced the dad in this movie no so why did they recast john lithgow to jeffrey wright and all the other stuff where it's like it's, Why did that happen? Well, it's that, probably because they knew that he was going to be an incredible Commissioner Gordon. And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, actually, in two all-time clangers, because we just got French Dispatch last year, too. Well, here's the thing. Hey. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. And Come I on will, the pod, please. I oh, am I a love champion. Oh, I love that man. Very, you know, just a well-educated man as well. Like, very. Hell yeah, dude. He's literally the best part, outside of Deeks, of course, of the Goldfinch. By a long oh, shot. Easy. Are he's, you kidding me? He's one of my favorite actors working now, totally. especially after watching Westworld. I always champion him. Oh, yeah. But I also love he's I also so love John Lithgow that. as well. But it's just for me it's more so just fascinating. Where it's like, what was the dis- that's why I'm talking like I would love to see more of like what happened behind the scenes of that. I wonder if we'll ever get a book or something, but because it's like Think about how interesting the Toy Story 2 story is. Oh, man. Like, it's like, I want to figure out what happened with the good dinosaur, but maybe they push that aside because that really is their first failure. So it's like, I wonder if they will ever. It's just fascinating to me that they they scrub everyone except Francis McDermott, which respect is Francis McDermott, um, you know, one of the goats. Um, and then just bring in a whole new cast. It's like, did the, ugh, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't even remember the, is it Arlo? Is that the main dinosaur's name? I don't even remember, man. Yeah, that's, in, that's Interesting tough. score in the movie as well. I just want to drop that. It's like, I don't think it's bad or good. Like, it didn't it's like there. stand out. But like, no, but like they do very interesting things where it's like, this is not what I expected the score to be. Like some weird like synth and like, electronic music sounds when I'm watching the movie. I'm like, interesting that you decided to go this route for a dinosaur score. <laughs> but um, just an interesting one. But like I said, I'm glad I can check it off the list. I didn't want to claw my eyes out. It didn't, it overstayed its welcome, but it's not like this movie's two hours long, you know? Totally. So we're in and we're out and now we're moving on to Finding Dory, another one. This is like, this is interesting. It's like a run of three that mm-hmm. I've never seen. So Finding Dory, I'm excited. Um, I like Dory, but she was definitely not my favorite part of Finding Nemo. So I'll I'm intrigued what, to see what I, I think. I specifically at the time was not looking forward to Finding Dory because 
ah, she just what she was slightly annoying to me, to be honest. It's like it's in the amount that we got her in Finding Nemo, it's, it's like perfect. perfect. But like her having being the the main character of the, the next movie, I said, I don't know how I'm gonna vibe with this. And I watched it, and I walked away, and I was really, really happy with what I got. You know, there were of course some things where it's like, oh man, I wish we got a little bit more of this person mm-hmm. that I love, or that person that I love, or oh, I wish we got a cameo from uh, a uh, reference to one of my favorite movies of all time. That'd be cool <laughs> if that character showed up. Um, but in general. Uh, I really adore. Well, you I like really, it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I kind. I'm, I'm interested because I hear that a lot. That it's actually good. Less but it than monsters you, uh, more than brave. Uh, probably more than brave. Okay. Uh, less more than, than onward. No. Okay. Yeah, that's so you can kind of get yep, a feel yep, for where it's yep. at. Yeah. Um, it's like it's, a nice little thumbs up. I just noted as an interesting parallel where it's like. Finding Dory, and I'm sure it's better, but it's like Cars 2 did a very similar thing where it takes the side character that was in it the perfect amount. Mm. They're like, people really like this character. Let's make them the main character of the sequel. And then you're like, maybe it was just the right amount <laughs> in the first one. And Monsters U to a lesser extent, where it's like the main character of Monsters Inc. is for sure Sully. And it's like Mike's his friend. Mm-hmm. And then in Monsters U, they're like, Mike's the main character now. And then Sully's the friend. Mm-hmm. Interesting that they go about it like that. Mm. I think we cracked the picks about forming them to the sequel. We might be assassinated <laughs> here. So yeah, I don't know. We got to get this episode that. out immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that we basically had a stirring the pot episode in the middle of the good dinosaur. But hey, man, that's what we do. We we I, we we tended to we kept it on animation for the most part. So that's what the podcast about. That's what you signed up for. Hey, I know that every I, single person that was going to listen to the good dinosaur episode knew exactly what they were getting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, shit, would you have rather us went through the whole movie? You know what I mean? It's like, hell no. They walk. Yep. Also, Sam Elliott's in it. Shouts out Power of the Dog. Incredible movie. Great movie. Incredible <laughs> movie. Incredible. Also, Brokeback Mountain. Incredible <laughs> Western movie. Gotta say, just throwing that out there. Uh, the dinosaur, not so much. Yeah, real tough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You got any final words, Nate? I feel like this is a good spot to, you know, I, I don't have anything. No, I'm done talking about this movie. I was done talking about this movie 30 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, we, I'll tell you what, we specifically really enjoyed this one. Yeah. And uh, I think we're both looking forward to finding Dory. Uh, If there's anything that I'd like to add before we hit the road, it is interlinked.